Once, before the age of streaming, there was a place called Blockbuster Video, and it was the only place you could get movies. That was it. That was the only place. I mean, there were other ones, but look, it was Blockbuster Video, and if you were running late and you didn't want any more late fees, you had to go and drop it in the Blockbuster Quick Drop. Blockbuster Film School. Blockbuster Film School. Quick Drop. Hello, Radioland. No, you're not mistaken. It is Blockbuster Film School. It is your spiritual guru, Nicholas Souter. I am joined by academic at large, Alex Bonner and Brian Show Me the Money Teps. This is another episode of the old Quick Drops. Yeah. Yeah. So this week, time's not real. It doesn't matter. I'm going to say this week. I can say tomorrow. Let's just face it. You're listening now and we're glad you're here. Agreed. If this is your first one. We're doing little slivers. Movies that are endlessly rewatchable. So these are movies that we love and we think you probably should give it a rewatch. Hell Go yeah. check it out. Just don't do it on the Bezo Network. Go to a used store and buy a DVD. Yeah. Then go buy a DVD player. You know, this is a lot of money. Just rent it on Amazon. But anyways, <laughs> so the movie is from 2007. A great year for cinema. True. A great year for the Coen brothers. A great year for everybody except for Javier Bardon's haircuts. It is no country for old men. It is an absolute classic. If you've never seen it, in the words of Alex Bonner, pull your head out of your brother's ass. I don't know what he says. He says somewhere. <laughs> you need things. to look in the mirror and you need to make some changes. There you go. Right now. So quick synopsis. No Country for Old Men is the story of Josh Brolin finding a case of alcohol and drinking it. <laughs> but he kinda. also finds kind of he finds a briefcase f- with two million dollars in it full of mobster money. And uh, Javier Bardem is the hitman en route on chase to get it. Mm-hmm. And Timely Jones is in this. Woody Harrelson in one of the movies where he doesn't seem to be actively stoned the whole time. Oh, my God, yeah. Kelly McDonald's amazing. She's amazing. Garrett Dillahunt, Tess Harper, Barry Corbin, Stephen Root, oh, Roger Stephen Boyce, Root. and Gene Jones as gas station proprietor. Yes. This was shot by the classic Roger Deakins, mm-hmm. who's done a lot of Coen Brothers movies. And it's based on No Country for Old Men by Cormac McCarthy. If you're not familiar with him, he writes the happiest, most <laughs> positive novels ever. He's basically if Julie Andrews was a novelist, <laughs> but just Julie Andrews from The Sound of Music, not Julie Andrews from that Nazi movie. Right. Oh, wait, they're both Nazi movies, aren't they? They are kind of Nazi movies. Whoa. But Alex, yeah, this buddy. is your choice. Yes. What do you love about No Country for Old Men? I love that it is one of the wildest crime thrillers in the history of cinema. It's never what you think is going to happen. It's never exactly how you think it's going to work. It's bizarrely dark, but also has this amazing Coen Brothers element where it's still kind of fun. Oh, it's one of the most nihilistic comedies I've ever seen. <laughs> like, eventually he, like, freaks out when blood's on his shoes. And towards the end, there's a scene where he kills somebody and he comes out of the house. They don't show it. And he just sort of, like, looks in his shoes and he knows that that person's dead. I was like, oh, that's great. You're talking about Anton Chigurh, the Oh, yeah. Javier Bardem. How much have you lost on a coin flip? Yes. The, he kills people with a strange cattle murdering gun that is one of the scarier spookier he is one of the truly weirder boogeymen in the history of cinema 
Josh Brolin's amazing as Llewellyn Moss, who's a very wily protagonist too, because he was like a Vietnam vet who now is a Texan good old boy kind of. This takes place in the 80s, right? I believe so, okay. yes. And Tommy Lee Jones is amazing in it. Of all the great things Tommy Lee Jones has done, for me, I think this is my favorite Tommy Lee Jones movie. He is, Top three for me. He is the sheriff. Basically, Llewellyn Davis, as Nick said, finds money after a shootout with the cartels goes wrong and pretty much everybody dies. And he comes back weirdly as one of those weird things that Cormac McCarthy has. Because also, as Nick was saying, if you don't know, Cormac McCarthy is one of our greatest American writers as well. His writing is unbelievably good. And even translating it into this film, the writing is amazing. And he literally, when he is out hunting, sees this go down. And then he shows up, takes the money, but one of the guys is still alive and asks him for water as he's dying. And he doesn't give it to him but then feels bad about it and goes back to see if the guy's still alive to give him water, at which point <laughs> the cartels are watching, which he would have just gotten away with it stone cold. Not really. R- maybe. Because they still have the tracker in the briefcase. Correct. Correct. But also it's like, I'm no doctor. Right. But if a man with a couple of bullets in his gut asks you for water at two o'clock and you go back when the sun's down, he didn't make it. A little lesson to anybody. If you find a bag full of money that you think is from drug dealers, Take the money, not the bag. Yeah. Or just take a little bit of the money. And then they'll be less inclined to send their best hitman after you. <laughs> they'll be like, eh, this guy took one stack. Uh, did someone take it? I don't know. This is weird. Just a little thing I thought the entire time was, mm, or just don't take it. It never goes good. And at least in movies, it never goes good. I was the opposite that when I watched this. <laughs> I'm like, just keep going. Just keep, oh man. Don't go home. What are you doing? And Abandon I, your shitty life in the trailer. Well, but also that element of like, usually in these movies where someone finds a bag of money, like the one Best Laid Plans or some of these other find the bag of money, things go bad kind of movies. The protagonists are usually complete dipshits who are way in over their head. But something I like in this movie too is that I don't want to all the way spoil it if you've never seen it because you absolutely should see it. But Llewellyn Moss is not all the way in over his no, head. No, it's not cat and mouse. It's two yeah. cats. Yes, absolutely. And they're fucking scratching each other's eyes out. Yes, yes. He is a Vietnam vet who literally is wily and weird and hunts and is himself very dangerous. But he's also got his own flaws, you know, and it's a interesting. And like you said, McDonald's amazing. And... Tommy Lee Jones as the guy who's also tracking from the other side as the sheriff. He does so little and he's so fucking electric Mm -hmm. in this movie. When he goes to visit his dad in the weird crappy Texas shack house that his dad lives in that's full of cats and like weak old coffee and then just starts talking to him about how he once was a an old sheriff and how, you know, the old Texas sheriffs like some of them didn't even wear guns, you Mm -hmm. know? They didn't even do that. You just go to a guy's house. You just knew people. You could talk to them, figure it out. And that the world is different now. There's literally no country for old men. Like it's never said specifically, but that it's just implied. Like the world has become a place where you may not get to be old because of how strange and dangerous it's become. Like Luckily, everything's gone back to the old ways and we're safe everywhere we are. Everywhere. Schools, hospitals, grocery stores. No one could come in with an nope. AR-15 and blow you away. You know, the really fucked up part is Mm. that joke will always be timely (laughs) until we finally do something about it. But I don't know. 
And also the acting in it, as you said, is unbelievable. In a way, I think it might've been the first one where obviously Josh Brolin had been around for a long time as a really good actor. But I think for me, this is the first one that really blew Josh Brolin all the way up as this A-list Oscar bait. I never saw the Goonies. So this was like right. the first time I remember Josh Brolin. Mm. I, he's been in a bunch of shit right. that I remembered like retroactively, mm. like Hollow Man, <laughs> if you will, oh, if God. you will. <laughs> but no, I think this kickstarted like the second half of his career because absolutely, like, he's become fucking Josh Brolin. He's, he's amazing and everything. He's Thanos, <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's that fucking CIA guy agent in Sicario. Yeah, I, he's in Dune. He's amazing and everything. Absolutely, yeah, he's one of Denny Villeneuve's main guys. Yeah. and you know, I mean, he comes from an, you know a big Hollywood family, but man, he is, and yeah, just everybody in this movie, like you said, because. I know that Javier Bardem did not win for this, but he definitely got nominated. And him as Anton Chigurh is, as I said, one of the great villains in the history of cinema. Just so spooky, so disturbing, but also fascinating. You want to watch it. It's amazing. You you have two Mm antiheroes and you want one of them to come out ahead because it's like, you know, like, come on, man. Yeah. Just get the shit over with. But. Yeah, life ain't funny. No. I love this movie because it's documentary-like in the fact that it's so deadpan because all the mm-hmm. music in this is diegetic. And there's a car crash in it, and I was watching this on the first time my family's computer in their dining room with headphones on. There was a bunch of people over, too. Mm-hmm. I was just in there just, like, fully geeking out. And when the car crash happens, I fucking like jumped out of my seat (laughs) and everyone's like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. Leave me alone. (laughs) The Coen brothers are fucking me up, man. Dude, The Coen brothers. But also it's Deacons. So it's gorgeous cinematography. Everyone acts really well. The Coen brothers wrote the shit out of this and it's benefited from McCormick, obviously, because the book is so good. And then you have acting powerhouses. It's like a fucking super group of acting. Yeah. It's amazing. This movie is instant classic. Mm -hmm. So the question is, what do you like more? This or There Will Be Blood? I know, which was the ones that of one of the true good Oscar years where I think there were some other ones that came out that year that were also really good. But I mean, obviously, these were the two semi-pro. I got nominated for Best Picture. (laughs) I have to look real quick because I'm very curious. I know this is. But also the fact that the Coen brothers sometimes oscillate between being really funny with a little bit of darkness and then being really dark with a little bit of funny. Yeah. Cause they followed this up with burn after reading, yeah. which is a screwball comedy yeah. where a bunch of people get murdered. <laughs> like totally. not just like, not just like in their homes or like in somewhere else. Like somebody gets fucking chopped to death in the front of their house with an ax. Yes, absolutely. That broad is broad daylight. It brought day- <laughs> and, also, the best picture nominations for that year were Michael Clayton, it's a good movie the last too. amazing Sidney yeah. Pollock movie, Atonement, No Country for Old Men, Juno, and There Will Be Blood. Those were the five, which all of which are very good movies. And I would make the argument that a couple of those are like straight up classics, particularly No Country and I know. There I Will Be Blood. I can't believe Juno won. <laughs> Shocker. Well, she won best original screenplay, though. I mean, good for Diablo Cody. Yeah, for sure. I think all the other ones were based on a book. <laughs> but of those there five. There Blood wasn't. Oh, no, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. But. PT, you son of a bitch. PT, you son of a what bitch. What is your uh, favorite part of No Country? Ooh, No Country's. Honestly, I think weirdly, as much as there's crazy shit, I love 
weird, awesome detective scenes in movies. And when Tommy Lee Jones and that other character actor who I'm, his name is escaping me, who I like a lot, who is his deputy. They're just these two good old boy sheriffs. And they're kind of the only two cops for miles and miles around, but they show up to that shootout and they just start kind of walking around and be like, I got two different footsteps here. Yeah. Yeah. Came out. And this is about where the bag exchange went down. Went bad here. Yep. These guys start running. Yep. Running, running, dead. Like this very low key Texas cowboy drawl. And they just, you'd think they would be overwhelmed as like local sheriffs. And no, no, they see some crazy shit too. They're calm, but they've seen Mm -hmm. some things. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then some, but where the money go? Who got that bag? Well, you know, and then when he talks to McDonald, his Llewellyn Moss's wife, and she's like, I just don't want him to get killed. Like so many cool, weird scenes. What about you, Dick? What's your favorite? My favorite is the last scene of the movie. Oh, agree. Fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Timely Jones just sort of, and also it's like the anti ending. It's not like it no. doesn't feel like anything ended. It's like the wire, you know, it's just going to keep going on from there. It's, it's, the movie doesn't stop. Right. It just. Runs out of film. And like, well, and yeah, and it has a, a certain ending where, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, but it, always in these cat and mouse games, somebody slips up, you know? Yeah. And somebody gets comfortable and they go a little too much into their own weird vices or something. And that's, that's when they get you, yeah. you know? And if you're on the run, mm-hmm. don't go for any strange. But yeah. Or hang around drinking beers by a pool. Like, yeah. you're like, hey, now's the time to have a few beers by the pool. That was not the time to have beers by no. the pool. <laughs> what was the first time you saw it? You remember the first time you saw it? I think I saw it at Lake Theater. Oh, yeah? No, no I park. saw the theater, too, yeah. Yeah, I like Lake Theater just because you can always find good parking mm. for cheap. Or there was, like, I never lived in Oak Park. Yeah. But it's like an old-timey movie theater where if you find good parking... You could smoke weed real fast and then just... Absolutely. They only had like five theaters. I know. You never wandered in the wrong one. The Sinarts in Evanston is gone, dude. You guys know this? Yeah. The Sinarts is gone. That was where I saw so many movies that would never have come out anywhere else. Like, I know they might have come out at the music box, but it was the Sinarts. That's how I felt when Piper's Alley disappeared, because I saw a lot of good movies at Piper's Alley. R.I.P. Well, now we're getting into Old Man Quarter. I apologize. Well, there's no country for old men. Yes. And that was... you have any final thoughts on this? Just in that same way, if you've never seen it, you have to see it. Yeah. See it. And even if you're one of these people who's like, I don't like movies that are very hyper-violent and scary. It's like, yes, there's a touch of hyper-violence. There is a touch of scary. But it's so interesting and so much more soulful and poetic and interestingly written as a movie than your usual fare of thrillers. It yeah. takes its time and it has – and the Deacon's poeticness of the imagery is so beautiful and the Coens have such a great sense – of what to do with the acting so that it feels real, but it also feels like Coen brothers movies. So it has this magicalness to it where it's kind of like our world, but a bit of a, like a magic mirror version. And I love it. Final takes for you. It is just fucking perfect. It is a classic, a true classic cowboy movie that is set in like 2005. Like 1987. Oh, sorry, 1987. Yeah, there's no cell phones. It was made in 2007. Yeah. But it is like a classic cowboy movie of that's set in semi-modern yeah. times. and Because if Josh Brolin was a Vietnam vet and then had to yeah. do this in 2005. He probably would have gone. Yeah, no. He's, wouldn't have gone as well. He's just drunk into the sand. <laughs> it's not going to happen. No. So 
That's No Country for Old Men. We Absolutely. dropped it pretty quickly. Yeah, quick drop. Come back for the next one. Yeah. Signing off for Super Producer Brian Tepps, Alex Bonner, and myself. Yeah. Come back for the next one. Come back for the full length. We're on the Instagram and the tweeters and uh, Facebook. There's a website. I don't know. Just find us, listen, subscribe. Please, we love Go you. Go to Spotify. Alex loves you. I don't know you. <laughs> I've never missed anyone. If it's you're weird. Listening, I'm telling you straight up, at least for me, for sure. But if you're listening to our episode all the way through, I love you. I appreciate you. I really fucking do. From the bottom of my heart. And if that's something you need to hear to come back, <laughs> I'm glad it's there for you. For all the other cynical assholes, have a good night and be careful out there. Or good day. Like, again, time doesn't exist, but our time is over. <laughs>